You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from His Word today. All right, let's take our Bible here tonight and let's turn to 2 Timothy. And I want to take a few minutes to finish up what talking about this morning. This morning we were talking about facing the trials of life and even death without fear and with courage. We use the testimony here of the Apostle Paul as he writes his last letter to Timothy. It's a heartfelt letter. His son in the faith, a young man that he had poured his life into and had discipled and was closer to this young man than any other man in the ministry. I just think it would be wise for us to go ahead and let's just read. Why don't we just stand tonight, okay? Let's stand. We'll pick up with verse 6. Let's read responsibly. I'll read verse 6. You read verse 7 and we'll read down through verse 18. For I am now ready to be offered. He's ready now to meet the Lord. The time of my departure is at hand. We're going to come back to that phrase, I have finished my course. His life had come to an end. He was soon to be executed for the cause of Christ. Church history tells us that he was beheaded. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. you can imagine his heart and just wanting to see Timothy one more time before he passed into eternity. Who would you want to see for the last time before you met the Lord? For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed to Thessalonica, Cretan to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Why do you think he wanted to see John Mark one more time? Just to encourage him. Been earlier in the ministry that Paul said, I don't want him to go with us. He is unprofitable. But now he wants this young man to know that he is profitable. And I could imagine the encouragement that Paul gives to him because this John Mark that we read about here is the Mark who wrote the Gospel of Mark. Antichicus have I sent to Ephesus. So what were the two things he wanted? He wanted his coat and he wanted his Bible. He wanted the scriptures. So that indicates to me that he was arrested and quickly taken away to prison before he had opportunity to grab those two things. And Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord rewarded him according to his works. Watch out for this guy, Timothy. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men 
forsook me. Are you here? Are you putting yourself into this prison with the Apostle Paul? Are you feeling the words flow off of his pen as he writes to Timothy and he's recounting his life? At the first, no man stood with me. This is what you call standing alone, folks. But all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. I believe that lion that God delivered him from was that roaring lion that walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I think it'd be good for us to read verse 18 together and then we'll pray. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Phil, pray for us. Thank you. you. May be seated. Okay, let's go back a little bit where we were this morning as we were looking at the courage that the Apostle Paul had to face these incredible trials and challenges and adversities and even persecution itself. Is there any reason why a Christian should fear trials or death itself? But do we? Okay. So courage is not the absence of fear because we all experience fear. I ask you this morning, how many of you here have ever been afraid to share the gospel? Every hand went up. But even though we're afraid to share the gospel, what do we do? We share it anyway. We may be afraid to public speak, but what do we do? We public speak anyway. We may be afraid to step out by faith and obey the Lord in a certain area, but we go ahead and we step out in faith and we obey the Lord anyway. So courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is facing those fears in life and being obedient anyway. Are you with me, church? Face the fears and be obedient in the face of those fears. We also saw how that the apostles were men that turned the world upside down, but they were terrified in the ministry that God had called them to do. And remember how they prayed that God would give them courage. And did God give them courage? Yes. It's not saying that they weren't afraid to fulfill the ministry that God had called them to, but they prayed and God infused them with courage. So courage is facing those fears. It's praying about those fears and asking God in his grace to help you deal with them as they come your way in life. How many fear knots are there in the scriptures? Do any of you remember? 365 fear knots. So God knows the tendencies that we have to fear just about everything. And so he gives us the fear knots of scripture. I mentioned this morning, I heard that phrase, if God brings you to it, he'll what? 
he'll bring you through it. I can do... Okay, I can do what? I can face those fears. I can face death itself with courage because I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. I don't have to fear anything and I don't have to fear that last enemy that was destroyed in my life when I trusted Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. Hebrews 2.15 says, And delivered them who through fear of death were all of their lifetime subject to bondage. If an unbeliever will be honest with you in the deep recesses of their heart, they may not admit it, they may not acknowledge it, but deep down inside of them is a fear of death. But praise God that death for us has lost its sting. Amen, church? Praise the Lord for that. Now, this is where we left off with this morning. What gave the Apostle Paul the courage to face these unbelievable things that transpired in his life? What, what gave him that courage? Notwithstanding, the Lord what? The Lord stood with me. No one else would stand with me. No one else would help me through this trial. No one else was there when I faced death often. But the Lord stood with me. He strengthened me, the apostle said. And this morning we talked about three aspects of grace. There's saving grace, there is sustaining grace, and there is strengthening grace and God's grace is sufficient his grace is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think I don't care what you are facing in life or what I am facing in life what your family is facing in life what our church is facing what our nation is facing what the world is facing his grace is sufficient and we need to embrace that grace and he will sustain us he said, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work. Now wait a minute. Did he get his head chopped off or not? And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work. Was that prayer somehow not answered? No, because what did he say? For me to live is Christ. To die is what? When his head was lopped off from his body, he was finally, once and for all, delivered from all the evil work. From Alexander the coppersmith. And all others who opposed him in his ministry. And will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. Do you think Paul had the assurance of his salvation? He will preserve me. The Bible said we are preserved in Christ Jesus. And will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to who be glory forever and ever. Amen. Can we do something here just for a minute? And let's backdrop into Paul's salvation. Before he was saved there on the road to Damascus, what was his name? His name was Saul. 
And what was he intent on doing? Does anyone remember? Racking havoc in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said concerning persecuting the church, he said, I did it with zeal. His heart was set on destroying the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a zealous persecutor of Christ's church. You may remember that he received permission from the Jewish leaders to go to Damascus because there in Damascus, many believers had gathered together and the church was really growing there in the area of Damascus. And so he was sent up there to have these believers imprisoned for their faith, imprisoned for their preaching of the gospel, so that they could be tried and they could be put to death for treason against the Roman Empire. Because their king was King Jesus. As he was traveling there to Damascus, you may remember very clearly the story, I hope that you do. Breathing out threatenings and slaughterings against the church with zeal and passion to destroy the cause of Christ. He traveled with his companions to Damascus, anger in his heart. And there on the road to Damascus, who would have ever thought that he'd meet up with Jesus? I love that story. The one who he did not believe in. The very one whom he was persecuting. All of a sudden, a blinding light shines from heaven and knocks the Apostle Paul to the ground. I mean, he is prostrate on the ground. And a voice from heaven says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Now the men that were there with the Apostle Paul, the Bible says they heard a voice. It doesn't say that they understood what the voice said. It said they heard a voice, but they saw not a man. And the Apostle Paul said, Who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus. Could you imagine what was going through the heart of this man who had such a disdain and hatred for the cause of Christ and didn't even believe in this person he's now talking to? I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. I can just see him. Lord, what would you have me to do? What a transformation took place in that man's life right there on the road to Damascus as he acknowledges Jesus as Lord. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth, what? Lord, what would you have me to do? And believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Do you think he became a believer that Jesus is alive? Thou shalt be saved. For three days Paul couldn't see a thing. He was blinded by the light of the Lord Jesus, but what a turning point in his life. 
he became converted from being a vicious persecutor of the church to a courageous messenger of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Church, listen to me. If you don't think that God can get a hold of a person's life and change them like that, you're sadly mistaken. Can you imagine how the church must have been praying for the salvation of Saul? And from that moment on, that old man was dead. He was no longer Saul. He was given a new name. And he was now a new creature in Christ. From being the persecutor, he now became the persecutee. And yet faced it with tremendous, unbelievable courage. You know, Paul was not ashamed to use his testimony over and over and over again of how he met Jesus. You know, sometimes people have a fear of witnessing because maybe they don't know the Romans road. Or they don't know how to answer questions that people may bring up. You, you want me to tell you how to answer questions that people bring up when you're witnessing to them? Just say something like this. You know, we'll get right back to that in just a moment, but can I tell you about the gospel? Because they'll bring all kinds of crazy questions to you to get you off track of sharing with them the gospel. But he used his testimony many times. You know, there's some verses in the Bible that are really sad. When Jesus professes, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I think that has to be the saddest verse in the Bible. But Lord, have not we prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Weren't we good people? Weren't we preachers and evangelists and missionaries? Didn't we teach Sunday school? Didn't we go out soul winning and work the bus ministry? And he said, depart from me, I, I never knew you. Not that he once knew them and then somehow they lost their salvation along the way. Oh no, he never knew them. That has to be one of the saddest verses in the Bible. But perhaps the second, in my opinion, of the saddest verses in the Bible is when Paul was arrested and had to give his defense before King Agrippa. And I quote King Agrippa after hearing Paul's lengthy testimony. I mean, we just gave his testimony by touching some surface points. Paul went into great detail before King Agrippa. And King Agrippa was listening intently to Paul's testimony. The Spirit of God was working in King Agrippa's heart. The, the Spirit of God wanted to save King Agrippa. But every man and woman has their own will. But when Paul had finished giving his testimony, I quote King Agrippa, Paul Almost, thou persuadest me to be a Christian. I wonder how many people are in hell today, and they were almost 
persuaded. They almost walked the aisle that Sunday. They almost prayed that prayer in that gospel track. They almost bowed their knee in the living room when they heard that evangelist on TV. They almost. But they are lost. You know, I wondered if there's anyone here tonight. Is it possible, church? On a Sunday night, one of our lowest attendances ever? Is it possible that someone here has almost been persuaded but still lost? Because of Paul's love for Jesus, after his conversion, he was willing to suffer persecution and even death in order to obey the Lord. He faced it all courageously. I mentioned this morning, sometimes it takes but a word for someone to say to cause us to fear and not say anything. Sometimes it takes even less than a word. Sometimes it takes only a look. And we're tempted to just be quiet and not say anything. I'm telling you, Ben, you have done a phenomenal job teaching Sunday school. And you are absolutely right. It's becoming more and more difficult in this evil present world to live for the Lord and to be a standard of righteousness in an unrighteous world. You're right when you said that this morning. But we can't let the wickedness of this world, because I'm telling you, it's wicked now, but if Jesus so tarries his coming, it's going to get worse. How many, how many, believe me, I don't see a revival on the horizon. I hope it happens. But the Bible said it's evil men and seducers are just going to wax worse and worse as we draw closer to the coming of the Lord. We need to have that same passion to courageously live for the Lord. as we draw closer to his coming. How true it is when John said these words, perfect love casteth out. What church? Fear. All fear. Had to be that the apostle had this perfect, unbelievable love for the Lord. You know how Paul viewed his life? He viewed it as a race to be run, and to be run courageously. He said, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I have fought a good fight. I have, come on church, I have finished my course. Are you looking forward to the day when your course is finished? May you have run well. Often at funerals when I am able to attend, I hear the preacher say something like this, this man or this woman was a life well lived. 
Well, you know what? I hope when I'm dead and cold and laying there in the coffin, I hope someone will say it to me, there's a man whose life was well run. Running with patience the race set before us. What, what was the goal of the Apostle Paul to run with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and not quit running until he was called home to glory? This is a race that we can run no matter how old we are. Can I tell you something? I don't run anymore. I do not run anymore. I used to run. I used to run well. I used to run track. I used to play football. I used to play basketball. I used to drag my own deer out of the woods. I love you, Daniel. Thank the Lord. Don't go hunting without your boys because they can drag your deer out of the woods for you. One thing Daniel said to me last night, I'm glad you didn't shoot that thing way back in the back of the swamp. But you know what? I may not physically, well, I did the other day. I was getting the mail and a car was coming and I ran across the road and it blew its horn at me. I, I mean, if I wasn't the preacher, I would have gone. Because he wasn't that close to hitting me. I mean, come on. But I may not run physically anymore. But the older I get, the better I want to run spiritually. I want to run well. And I want to finish well. And I know that I cannot run well and I cannot finish well if I don't have the same type of courage, this grace courage that we talked about this morning that the Apostle Paul had. He said, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. Only one person who runs a race can win. But in the Christian race, we all can win. But one receiveth the prize. And then he says this, So run in this Christian race, so run that ye may obtain. You know what? More than anything else, I do not want the praise and the approval of man. I died to that a long time ago. You know what I want more than anything else? I want to hear well done in that day when I stand before the Lord at the Bema seat. You were courageous. You ran well. You held to biblical convictions and biblical standards. Even when he was close to death. Do you think the Apostle Paul knew what day he would die? I don't think they came in and told him what day. But he was ready. When that day would come, he knew he had finished the course, but he also knew he had kept the faith. And he said these words, I have fought a good fight. You know what it takes to fight a good fight? It takes a lot of courage. 
It does. It takes a lot of courage to stand in there and fight. Paul continually, with courage, met opposition time after time again from those who refused to believe his message. They opposed him. Not only did the unbelievers oppose him, but remember what we learned this morning? Even the believers, even those he had led to Christ, the Corinthian church that he had established, even most of them had turned against him because they did not want to hear his open rebuke of the way they were living in their carnality. They started to listen to others who he called teachers having itching ears. Who turned away their ears from the truth. Even though he was stoned. Can you imagine that? Stoned and left for dead. Wasn't it Lystria? When that happened to him? Many believe it was at that time that he was caught up into the third heaven. But he was stoned. He was imprisoned on several different occasions. He was beaten three times, received I 40 stripes, save one. As a Roman citizen, if he were to be beaten, 40 times he could never be beaten again in his entire life. But he was flogged three times, 39 times. Stoned, imprisoned, beaten time after time again. The words of Paul, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Sometimes we watch these documentaries on TV that go back into the years of slavery in America. What a terrible time. What an awful scourge on our country. Praise God the Civil War was fought and won. And liberation came to these people who suffered so much. But how many of you have ever seen in the portrayal of these slaves and the beatings that they would take as they would take their shirts off and you would see their backs lacerated but healed? Paul said, you want to see something? Let me show you my back. You're listening to these men? Let me show you what I've suffered. Let me tell you how I've suffered. Let me tell you how I was persecuted for your sake. How I was stoned and shipwrecked and went without food and went without drink 
how I was persecuted by the Jews and the Gentiles and even false brethren. Are they ministers of Christ? I mourn. He had a purpose in life. He had a course to be run that had individually been chosen by God for him. That was Paul's race. What's your race? What's your race that God has specifically called you to run and designed you to run. I know what my race is. But what is yours? Your race is your purpose. As parents and as parent of 10 children and now all these 20 grandchildren and I hope many more yet to come. My heart is to see my children run the race that God has chosen for them to run and run it well. Isn't that your desire? That they would discover the purpose of their life. Their race. And having done all. That they would run that race well. The Lord doesn't call every one of us to run the same race. And I think it's unwise to compare ourselves with others, don't you? Don't ever be jealous of another person's race. Discover your race. What's your calling? What's your purpose? What's your gifts? And with courage, use them for the Lord. Our aim should be to stay faithful, to stay obedient to whatever God has planned for us to run our race with endurance. I'm not going to quit. Now, if we would go through that list of all the things that the Apostle Paul said he had to endure for the cause of Christ, how many of you, and then be honest with me, how many of you would probably would have quit? And I can't stress this enough. I'm so glad he didn't quit. Because if he would have quit, the gospel would have never come to Europe and would never come to America, and I would not be saved today. The impact of a single life that wasn't focused on himself. So many times we get this self-focus. You know, it's, it's what I want to do with my life. It's what will make my life better, my life easier, my life more fulfilling. It's, it's all about me and, and, and no one else is being considered. 
The family's not being considered. The church isn't being considered. The husband or the wife isn't being considered. The, the kids aren't being... No one's being considered except SELF. And what a tragedy. When so much could have been done, so much could have been accomplished for the cause of Christ. The truths that the Apostle Paul learned from the Lord, he faithfully passed on to anyone who would listen. And you know what, tonight, church, we need to listen. We need to listen to the lessons learned. Remember how he talked about how the gospel and the, the word of God is a treasure that's been committed to our trust. And everything that Paul had learned, he tried to disciple Timothy in, and he entrusted Timothy with, he actually used that word, Timothy, I am, I am entrusting you with the gospel. I'm entrusting you with the word of God. Timothy, carry it. Carry it to your generation and carry it on to the next generation. You have been entrusted with this. This is your race. Run well. Timothy, you know I ran well. You watched my life. There was no one closer to me than you. And I can see in Paul's mind, and I remember when I used to run track, of on those relay races, taking the baton and handing it to the next person, not skipping a beat, but making sure you were running in sync and handing that baton to the next person in line. Ben and I have been uh, talking about this. We've been around long enough now. Our hair has grown gray, and our waistlines have expanded. And we are now watching. I'm so thankful for the young people of our church and we're starting to pass the baton on to this next generation young people will you take that baton and with courage will you run that race that's been run before you will you continue with courage to face every trial, every suffering, every adversity, hurdle over it and keep on going. And even if it requires you to face death itself, will you face it? Holding on to that baton? The same gospel message that was committed to Paul was committed to Timothy. Guess who is committed to It's our responsibility. And I want to speak to our young people again here. Young people, teenagers, college and career, young married couples. I wish all of our people were here tonight. This is my heart. What you're hearing tonight is my heart. Will you keep the faith? 
so many have surrendered the baton. They're no, they're no longer running with courage. Will you keep the faith? Will you defend it? And will you pass it on? Earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered. It only had to be delivered once. It's not delivered. It's not repackaged all over again. Because Paul had run his race well. Because he had finished the course. Because he had kept the faith and he had passed it on. He knew that his obedience, he knew that his faithfulness would one day result in great reward. telling you here church we got to look past this present we got to look into the future no guarantee that our reward is here they sought a better country a heavenly country they had their focus on a city whose builder and maker was God somehow they were they were able to get their focus off the temporal and get it onto the eternal and they ran well. They ran well. What was true of the Apostle Paul is true for every one of us. I believe there is a great reward. Great is your reward. Your reward is not some promotion at work because you've made some compromise. That's not your reward. Your reward is not a bigger paycheck. Your reward is not more material things. Your reward is not a pat on the back. Those are just temporal. But there's an eternal reward for those who finish the course. Remembering that God was always with him. That God would never leave him infused Paul with the courage to stay faithful. Fellowship Baptist Church, let's stay faithful. Amen? Amen. Let's, with courage, face whatever trial, whatever adversity may come our way. And let's prepare ourselves for death itself. How's your relationship with the Lord tonight? Where's your focus? Have you gotten off course? 
Don't you agree with me? The easiest thing to do in life is get off course. Just a little tired of running, tired of the hurdles. Let's get back on course. Let's ask God to give us our courage back. So if every head bowed and right. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.